Welcome to 3AM, a learning opportunity through conversation furnished by the McFarland Group. We record in the Relationary Marketing Studio at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. 3AM is a podcast conversation driven to bring the best stories about solutions from social impact superstars. Our intent through these conversations is to optimize your impact as you disrupt the status quo to make the world better. Now, why did we call our podcast 3AM? Frankly, because so many of us wake up in the middle of the night with questions, concerns, inspiration, and sometimes regret. And that time, 3AM, is the time in a person's daily cycle when the body intersects the work of detoxification, rest, recovery, and planning according to traditional Chinese understanding of how the body works. The 3 a.m. podcast captures the moments these social impact leaders awake to wonder, dream, pivot, or assess their efforts to make the world better. Their stories will help all of us in this work of seeking justice. For this episode of 3 a.m., I enjoyed a lively conversation with award-winning serial entrepreneur and friend Mark Cleveland. We dig deep into his social impact business, Hitch, that's H-Y-T-C-H, a rideshare program that builds community. Huh, you wonder, how does that happen? Well, think gaming meets behavior modification, meets carbon footprint, meets financial incentives, meets ending isolation, and you've heard the tip of the iceberg of our conversation. There's so much to learn. Let's jump in. So Mark is an acclaimed entrepreneur and community leader. He's won a slew of awards. I'll start with um, just a few because we only have about 30 minutes, so (laughs) we could be going on for quite a while. Um, He was named um, Nashville Business Journal's most admired CEO in the small business category for Hitch, has received numerous awards, including the Governor's Environmental Stewardship Award, um, the Emerging, Emerging Company of the Year Award. Um, he received the Williamson County Impact Award from the National Business Journal as well. And so, Mark, welcome. Thank you for joining us on 3 a.m. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm just going to have to put some blush on or something because you just went through the list of, you know, what what those awards mean to me um, is recognition for the team that was behind each and every one of those initiatives. Um, those organizations, the the Entrepreneur Center, the National Business Journal, um, that, and the governor's office, you know, mm-hmm. TDOT, those, those, those organizations are paying attention to innovation. And I really, I, I think that they play a role in creating the celebration that really deserves to be behind every one of those awards. The people that get recognized, the missions that, that get pursued. And, and when somebody takes time to recognize it, that's, uh, we appreciate that. Well, and I think just your response and the humility I was um, telling folks the other day when when we found out that you could join us on 3 a.m., I said it's really, um, it, he is about the people who are around him and who he's trying to serve. We have folks listening who are um, interested in trying new things or trying to make certain things that they're working on better, uh, wondering if they need to leverage what they're doing to make another organization stronger rather than continue on with an organization 
organization that they have with great heart and gumption started. And so um, let's start out kind of with a larger umbrella of entrepreneurship. Sometimes with um, social impact organizations, uh, we think more about nonprofit, charity, that kind of thing, where what we're trying to do with 3AM is really lay kind of um, the groundwork for CEO and kind of lay the executive director over that. So I want to talk about entrepreneurship because you and I both know any organization that tries to um, serve or provide is really going down the entrepreneur track. So can you talk about why entrepreneurship for you? Well, I think we're all entrepreneurs. I think everybody listening and everybody who's not paying attention but is working for a living and contributing to an organization, we're all really a business of one. And if you think about it from personal branding perspective or from uh, earnings perspective or from you might want to have economic metrics or you might want to have environmental metrics, you want to measure the things that you do, um, you're contributing to an organization. Every Everybody is. Even the entrepreneur who builds organizations is just a part of the organization. And I think we're all entrepreneurs. We just don't give ourselves credit. You chose a path that is about creation of versus um, aligning and and giving your gifts to something that's already established. So talk to me about why it's about the generation of an idea um, versus going perhaps a more uh, traditional corporate route for you. You know, I've, I've actually done the Fortune 500 thing and taken a company public and been on a team that did things like that at big scale. Um, and to me, I, I suppose that the most exciting thing is creating for me. So I enjoy creating. And I would do that in a Fortune 500 company. If I was given the freedom, I would want to create some value or, or expand uh, a product in such a way that it just grows. So growth is the fundamental objective. We, we want to grow. And um, we want to grow personally, professionally. And to me, once I master something, I generally... Uh, have a clock, you know, I'm I'm really good at this one thing. And then in three, five, seven years, somewhere in that window, um, I need to do something else. So let's talk about Hitch, uh, specifically as one of those generations of ideas, right? So um, can you just give us the framework of timing uh, about when you started? Because I think it was in 2015, right, that the notion started. And I think it was prompted by something even Maybe even on vacation? Yeah, well, it was outside me. Um, my friend Robert Hartline is an entrepreneur here in town and uh, was concerned with the costs and the strategy and the investment of transit at the time and uh, felt like you don't complain about something or organize against it. You do something to contribute to the solution, which I respect about Robert. And he created the very first version of Hitch. And I was consulting with him and helping him because I have, most people wouldn't know, I have a 19-year career in commercial transportation and uh, doing things like freight matching and, and uh, outsource business processing for invoicing and payroll for 70% of America's largest fleets. So my, my actual career is an information systems and technology-based uh, uh, run through commercial transportation. And I, I was trying to help Robert with the ideas that he was generating. And 
Uh, so in 2015, he, he put together, it wasn't complete, but eventually I thought, you know, Robert's business was growing in a way that he couldn't dedicate to this initiative. And I was curious about it and wanted to explore uh, the solution. And so we deployed, ultimately, I bought the, you know, I bought the business from Robert. Robert's still a partner, but we we, we worked together and, and the first idea didn't work. Um, and we we made it work. We were matching people in the same ways that Waze Carpool does today, where you you uh, are trying to be matched with a stranger and start your journey to sharing a ride. And we thought that the prime at the time, we the first question to ask is, "What's the problem you're trying to solve?" There you go. So the problem we we're trying to solve was getting people more people in cars because the opportunity, the problem that we all see is single occupancy vehicles driving down the road. And then there's just a whole bunch of one person in a car and pretty quick, we're all complaining about congestion, but it's a hundred percent individual choices. We are all choosing to be alone in our car for all the reasons that we justify it. And, and we thought that the problem was that people didn't know who to share a ride with. So we built this matching system that would introduce mm. you to somebody that shared a similar commute. And we built it. It was great. Got uh, a lot of insight. And one of the things that we learned was once you match people up, if you solve that problem, then they don't ever participate in your system again, right? Because they now have a because oh, you've given them some solution. You yeah. solved that problem, right? Okay. Well, the 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 real problem is that no one knows who's sharing a ride. No one has any idea who inside their company is already sharing a ride. Okay. We just make a bunch of ill-informed and statistically inaccurate assumptions about whether anybody's actually sharing a ride or not. So we were solving the matching problem, but we were not solving the we know who is and we're rewarding those people who are sharing rides. And it was an insight that we got from failure. Um, and we completely re-engineered the platform uh, from the ground up and threw away a bunch of technology that we'd built. Because to me, the problem is um, rewarding people for good behavior should be the thing that we do. And good behavior isn't finding somebody to ride with. Good behavior is riding with somebody. <laughs> so we, we, we re-engineered the, the question, the problem. I mean, I'm trying to think, I'm, could probably come up with a list of, I don't know, 10 or 15 of why people have to have their car. But what are some of the interesting objections, if you will, or, and I think you phrased it so gently, like what we tell ourselves that makes us feel like rideshare is not going to work for us. What, what are some mm -hmm. of those things folks talk about? Well, we want to redefine what it is that we're doing. We are hitching. When two or more people move together and share an asset, share a, a mass transit assets, share a van pool, share a car. We, we, we wanted, we believe that the word carpool is tainted because it makes people feel like they have to commit to a carpool and do it every day. I can't carpool because I got these reasons why I can't. Well, we want you to hitch. We want you to hitch whenever it's convenient, Saturday, Sunday, with your mom, your, your friends, neighbors, coworkers, any shared ride anywhere in the world at any time is a valuable thing. And we should be rewarding that behavior every time, no matter whether it's on your way to work or not. So hitching is getting rewarded for the good behavior that you exhibit whenever you do. And I think that's 
it's a hopeful message. I think one of the things that that uh, people use in creating excuses. Well, what if I what if I have to go home and my child is sick? Well, now you got Uber for that. You can take an emergency ride home anytime you want to. Um, you've got friends at work that will stop what they're doing and take you home because you have an emergency. Um, you may have been the driver and you're still free to run home, but you shared a ride on the way to work. So your passenger, maybe you need to be thinking a little bit more about how your passenger can get um, the service that they need when you've gone home. So uh, I've heard the 670 reasons why people don't do it. Um, and uh, I think maybe one of the best reasons not to share a ride is because you're just a mean person and no one wants to hang with you. <laughs> um, that's a darn good reason not to hitch. Yeah, all right. Um, and no one will hitch with you. So yeah, don't no, volunteer. No um, but I, I'm enjoying the fact that there are lots of really easy to overcome objections. Because I own a car and I'm happy to share it. I like to drive with people. When I'm in traffic, particularly, time goes by fast. When's the last time you were texting while you're driving and you have a passenger? Passengers tend to express themselves, you know, and you tend to have a little higher sense of duty. Well, we should all be driving like that every single day with a higher sense of duty, right? Uh, to safety, to paying attention to, you know, our driving and what happens is when two or more people are in a car sharing a ride, they're safer. Mm. They're safer statistically. They, they, they arrive at work um, on time. I mean, how often are you going to let the person driving you sharing a ride to work get make you late? So that's just actually these things all work themselves out. And you maybe hitch once a week or twice a week. We don't care. Hitch as often as you can. So I'm, I'm just looking at it from the lens. You mentioned lenses earlier. I'm looking at it from the lens of there are so many great reasons to share that we don't think about. Saving money, making money, right? Um, saving the planet, doing one shared ride at a time. There's so many reasons, good reasons to do it that I just completely just ignore. I just dismiss the reasons that they don't do it because not hitching is not a problem. Don't hitch. That's fine. But when you do, you get rewarded. And if you need to be by yourself in a car, I understand you had a bad day. Um, but you should have a better day. And that's what we want for everyone. We want you to have a better day. Yeah, I really like how, um, you know, something as simple as taking your car to go to wherever your destination is, that most probably is, is to get to work, and the isolation that that causes. Um, mm -hmm. And... You know, sometimes the radio can alleviate that or your music can alleviate that sure. or regrettably um, folks using their phones um, that can alleviate it. But you are creating not only um, space for convenience, right, which people could argue the counter to that. I'm sure that's probably one of those. It's just not convenient for me. I need my car. Um, but you're creating community within that. Uh, and to your point, I don't know anybody. I've just come to Nashville. Well, here's a great way to be able to learn about other folks who may even share interests in more than just where they're where you're trying to get to, right? Yeah. I, so I like I love the social aspect of it, and I hadn't. I'm sure the audience picked it up. I don't know, right at the beginning, but I'm starting to see now. It's very much who you are, right? That it is about the efficiency and it is about the environment, but it's also about this connectivity. That's happening through simply using your car. Mm -hmm. Your car is a great meeting place, and it's a great 
place to get to know somebody. We call it windshield time, you know. Um, it's it's interesting to me that I, I'm a dude on the go, let's say, right? And I'm going to be going from appointment A to appointment B and meeting to meeting. And there's a lot of times that it's inconvenient, maybe even impossible for me to share a ride. But I've shared 650 rides in the last 14 months, and I've gone uh, for 4,500 miles. So there's not those. I'm not talking about just across town, go to work, five miles kind of sharing. I'm talking about every trip that I take. I'm conscious of the fact that I can plan to share it if I if I think about it just a little bit. And what the the hope that I'm that motivates me and keeps me going every day is is that I just hope for the idea that somebody will just hitch a little bit just just get just get credit for what you're already doing that is a good thing and start we gamify it we 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 make it fun uh, you know how how much fun does it have to be to have fun so it's you're sharing a ride and uh my 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 hope is that if if 10 or 15 or 20% of any metro population were to just think about it more frequently than they do today, that will elevate the overall consciousness of everybody in terms of the benefits of mass transit and the benefits of shared rides and the benefits to the environment. They're all straight linear connections. So it doesn't take me to carpool every day to make a difference. It just takes me to carpool or hitch in this case once in a while when it's convenient. That's the only time I'm going to do it is when it's convenient. And therefore, wow, look at how much new infrastructure we get access to when we're not wasting uh, our usage of that. Yeah, I also wonder how the kind of the corporate culture gets healthier uh, when folks start to lean in on each other and not not in terms of getting their careers going faster, but just in terms of helping each other um, get around every day. I mean, that. I can see how that could have a great effect on that. It's just so much, I mean, I guess for me in this conversation, it's so much larger than um, thinking just about um, carbon footprints and um, making sure that there's less cars on the road. This, I mean, this has taken, this is just different for me. I'm thinking about it so much differently. It's very engaging. Well, let's break it down for a sec. If you have a mentorship program in your company and you want uh, senior leaders and up-and-coming leaders and and new employees. You want you've got a mentorship program, right? Lots of companies have that. What what? Tell me where it would be better to talk to an employee, uh, a member of your team, than with that half an hour commute that you share. So, a company could literally put our system in place and pay fifty cents a mile to the mobile mentor and pay the mentee. I don't know, 10 cents a mile, does it really matter? We're, we're willing to pay 54 cents a mile if the, mo- if the movement is on business. We, can't, we, we, we can literally monetize and engage and put incentives in place that the kind of people that you really want to share will go out of their way to pick somebody up because they're in a mobile mentorship program mm-hmm. and they get 50 cents a mile mm-hmm. for doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, flip that around, there might be some population in, in, in your employment base that doesn't have a car, doesn't have the mobility that lots of other people sort of take for granted. And you could put 50 cents a mile reward on that person. You could literally say, hey, Johnny, I know you're, you contacted us through the employee assistance program. Uh, some people have substance issues. Some people have lifestyle issues. Some people have mobility issues. We have a solve for that mobility yes. issue, right? 
We're going we're gonna to put you in the pool and we're going to reward anybody that takes you to work. We're going to pay them 50 cents a mile. We're going to pay you 10 cents a mile. So he gets the, Johnny gets the excitement of the gamification and Johnny's running around scaring up transportation in his entire social network. People comfortable with him, people he's comfortable with. And they, they must, by definition, live at least conveniently close enough to, to turn it into a shared ride. So now you've created mobility by rewarding people who move Johnny to work. Mm-hmm. And you can do that without providing transportation, without getting any of that risk in your, in your business. Mm-hmm. You're not providing transportation. You're not matching strangers. So you use people's networking skills. And on both sides of that mentorship or I need mobility. I can solve that problem with the same system. Well, and I really, I like also that it doesn't have to be done outside the workplace, that the workplace can actually work for the worker, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so they don't have to be shared workplaces either. It could be exactly neighboring businesses or businesses exactly. down the street, or it, it could just be how your social networks work. Yes. This is amazing. It's, it's really taken on another life just in the last few minutes in terms of understanding. The social aspect of it is just so, it's now so clear to me and the benefits of that just for simply saying, let's, let's share a ride and go to wherever. Mm-hmm. Well, go to the concert. Yeah. Go to the grocery store grocery if you need store, to. Go to the Titans game. Yeah. You're sharing more than you think. You're yeah. just not recording it. Yeah. And then you, be, you become more conscious and then all of a sudden you become an evangelist for shared Mobility, yeah, and you are bringing more people into the. This is the least expensive way to solve the mobility issues in mm. urban cities today. That's yeah. You're not building any roads. You're not. You're not having to yeah. b- um, buy million dollar buses. You're not putting tracks down. You're just saying, look, these are the pieces that are already here. So how do we build on what's already here? Well, how about if we put a few more people in the existing cars that are going wherever they're going? And I love that it moves outside of the nine to five and it's really the 24 hour seven. Where do you need to go? Mm -hmm. So either you can provide that and provide it for others or within your network, what about building community so that somebody can, um, can help you get that, get to where you need to go? Yeah, I like that. We started with a, an idea and an insight and failure, followed by more ideas and more insight, followed by more investment and more effort. And a lot of talented people um, sort of pulling in the same direction or having constructive conflict about what we should do next. Yeah, right? I like that. And and so that you asked earlier, what's the, a lot of people will ask me, what's the genesis of the idea? Well, the idea is doesn't have a specific genesis. It has it's obvious to me that in every business I've ever been involved in, you incentivized and rewarded your employees, period. Uh, you incentivized and rewarded customers for doing business with you so they would do more business with you. Everything in business is generated uh, around a reward and incentive theory, except that's not how we treat transportation. Instead, we toll it, we tax it. We do a lot of uh, really, really expensive infrastructure projects that are necessary I'm, I'm all for mobility in its various forms. I just think that we have a lot of assets running around empty, uh, including our personal cars. So there's, just in the case of Nashville, there's 350,000 cars that drive to Nashville every single day. And they bring a million empty seats. So it's not that we have a transportation issue. We have an asset utilization problem. Nice. And all you got to do is put the incentive in place for those assets to be used more intelligently. That asset is the roadway. 
That asset is the street network leading to your neighborhood. You know, that asset is the gas that you're burning and the car that you're putting miles on and time that you put in that car. Those are all assets. And as long as it's okay to be alone in your car and that's the only thing that's okay, that's the culturally accepted thing, we should be celebrating shared rides. And that sharing is higher asset utilization by definition across every element of mobility. I can also hear in your voice that um, it's also about the urgency of what you're doing, of why Hitch is important to you. Um, and it, again, it's, it is about the ecosystem, right? But it's about having businesses look at, at how they can contribute differently. It's about how people can contribute differently. And I think um, the larger sense is how to build communities through something as simple and as complex as mobility, I think that's, I love um, hearing about the story of Hitch, and thank you for being here. Um, we have something, so if you want to capture your um, 3 a.m. musings, <laughs> right, well, I'll say musings. Anyway, so this is for you. It's it's our 3 a.m. book, the, ne- the new thank bedside you. book, um, so that you can write things down, and, and I'm sure the next and the next will be even better than or equal to Hitch. So Mark, thank you so much for joining us on 3AM. I really appreciate it. So um, we'll sign off for now. This is 3AM, a production of the McFarland Group. And we look forward to talking with you the next time. What a terrific conversation with Mark Cleveland of Hitch. Thanks to Relationary Marketing, and the Nashville Entrepreneur Center for their continuing support. Mark showed how the magic of Hitch modifies our mobility choices one ride at a time. With technology, psychology, and money, Mark and his team are working with corporations, governments, and individuals to clean up their carbon footprints, break out of the isolation of commuting, and rethink transportation as a vehicle for social change. Hitch makes delivering a positive impact in your everyday life so simple. Just hitch a ride to work, to shop, to play, to wherever you're going. No long-term commitment necessary as the driver or the rider. And you get paid to make a difference. Visit hitch at hytch.me. Check it out. Our time is up for this episode. Thank you for listening. My name is Deb McFarlane-Enright, your host on 3AM, a production of the McFarlane Group. Please subscribe to our podcast for my takeaways from the conversation and let me hear from you. I'd love to know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm.